This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good Saturday morning. Welcome into another edition of the Outdoor Show. Boy, i got lots of things going on this weekend. want to wish good luck to those contestants who are participating in the battle between the bayous down at Sweetwater Marine in Delacroix. It's a first shot at a high school alumni competition. Good luck to the fishermen and hope they catch some big ones. Also, good luck to the youth who will be out there duck hunting. Uh, today is youth duck hunting for Louisiana, some of their zones. We also have the goose season open. Want to wish those folks some good luck out there. You do have some wind in your favor, but other than that, looks a little bluebird. Don't forget this weekend, move those clocks back one hour tonight. Uh, winter has finally arrived, and boy, we got a nice forecast from the National Weather Service, except for some windy conditions, as I mentioned, particularly if you're going to be in the open bays and offshore areas. This is indeed hunting and gumbo weather. Got a little bit of a chill came in this weekend, and all of a sudden we find ourselves uh, not just in fall, but some wintertime temperatures. Also want to know, uh, now that we got gumbo going on, we I had the pleasure of uh, sharing a, a recipe with Chef John Fultz this week for our Bayou Wild TV show called Death by Gumbo. It is incredible. What is your favorite main gumbo ingredient? Text that to me at 87871. Take a little unofficial poll. Is it seafood? Is it chicken and sausage? Is it wild game of some type? Uh, Andouille, oyster? Let me know. What's your favorite gumbo main ingredient? 87870 is the text line. Uh, Those of you who voiced your opinion on what direction the governor, next governor of Louisiana, should do to steer our Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, we, we took your calls and texts a couple of weeks ago on Election Day. Today, candidate Eddie Rispone is going to join us at 7.30 to address those concerns you raised. Unfortunately, Governor John Bell Edwards has not responded to our invitation, so uh, I guess we won't know what his intentions are with regard to managing, conserving, and protecting our natural resources. I have my opinion as to why he did not accept or decline, but chose to ignore our request, but I'll leave that up to you to draw your own conclusions. Here's a question for you. How many deer in one season is enough? I have the story of a LaSalle Parish man who took at least 16 deer in Louisiana last season. And that's because I say at least 16 because that's what he admitted to. He's earned our weekly distinction as a bad boy of the outdoors. We've got his story coming up. Another story that really set me off this morning is the sentencing of a whooping crane shooter. And when you hear that, uh, you're going to be outraged yourself. All right, we have uh, also for you duck hunters, all three zones opening up uh, very soon for everyone. Today's Youth Day, but can be dangerous on those open waters. Uh, we're going to have Paul Bernard join us. He's with the U.S. Coast Guard. He's got some advice and tips if you find yourself in a rescue or die situation. And you'll hear from uh, one person who was involved in a helicopter rescue from the marsh. That's coming up on More Outdoors. And also, if you've been questioning, uh, like a lot of folks, whether agricultural practices up the flyway is having a negative impact on the fall duck migration, well, we'll hear from a man who says he sees it firsthand in Missouri where he hunts. 
All that's coming up, plus your text messages at 87870. You can give us your fishing and hunting reports, questions, comments. It's all welcome. It comes right here to the studio. Uh, Your coastal marine forecast looks like this. North winds offshore 15 to 20, a little brisk, probably some five-foot seas out there. Pretty much the same for tomorrow, maybe a little bit less in intensity. Inside waters, again, those north to 10 to 15 from that front that passed through, going to give you some choppy conditions. Tomorrow, although they're calling for the same wind speed, uh, direction changes a little bit to the northeast and could be a little bit of a light chop. Mississippi River levels on the rise, 9.1, high for this time of year, and your tide range is pretty good, a full foot and a half of water movement. We'll be right back to get some of those live and direct fishing reports from our field staff. Robbie Campos up next, right after this three-minute pause. You are tuned to the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. I wanted to pass along a quick note with regard to those of you who may deer hunt in the Marpar Swamp WMA. Uh, rising floodwaters have caused an automatic deer hunting season closure in that area. It's a huge area with Locations in Ascension, Livingston, St. John, St. James Parishes, and it's west of Sorrento on the shoreline of Lake Maurepas. Uh, when the river level or the gauge flood gauge gets to a certain height, they can close it down because it's basically unfair. The deer get trapped on levees and high ground, and it does not constitute fair chase. So uh, stay tuned. We'll let you know when that water level drops and it reopens. But for right now, the Maripas Swamp WMA has been closed to deer hunting. All right, uh, how you enjoying this gumbo weather? I see I got a, a chicken and sausage vote came in on a text at 87870, and somebody said Vienna sausage. That is a new one. Are you serious, or is that a joke? Vienna sausage gumbo. That is definitely a new one. Let's talk to Robbie Campo. I think he's probably had a spoon of gumbo or two in his day. Hey, Robbie, how you doing this morning? Uh, good morning, Don. Um uh man, I tell you, yeah, I had a I had a spoon or two before the uh gumbo at my time, that's for sure. But uh What's well, your favorite? You, What's your favorite gumbo? Uh my grandmother used to make it, it was uh shrimp and crab, man. You couldn't beat it. It was it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. But my sister learned how to do it and she's got it she's got it to the T because not many nobody you know growing up we just didn't learn how to cook <laughs> i can't all ball i and you can't know, all ball you know those good you know those good cooks like that old time cooks they didn't write all their recipes down it was in their head you know so somebody's got to yeah you're right you're right pinch here pinch there do this yeah. do that <laughs> right. next thing you know you got gumbo yeah. i don't know but i tell you yeah. uh, don uh we got a, we had a gumbo going here yesterday man um you know, that wind was blowing, you know, probably 20 miles an hour out of the north yesterday. We had, uh, you know, some stiff northeast winds yesterday. And then later on in the morning, it calmed down. Um, uh, I'm going to take you back to Thursday when the front came through. It was it was blowing, uh, raining, you know, just a, just a terrible day. Um, and I did have some people go out in it, believe it or not, uh, charter captains uh, mostly, not, you know, just everyday fishers, charter captains who were paid and they wanted to go, they wanted to go, so they went. And they went and caught redfish, uh, you know, with no problem. Uh, yesterday, you know, the wind was blowing probably 20 miles an hour for the most part early in the morning. It calmed down during the day, and the trout bite started around 9 o'clock. And it went to around 2 o'clock yesterday, and they caught some fish around here. Right up in this Mr. Go, right up between... Hopedale and going up towards uh, Shellmet. They, 
I mean, they destroyed these trout yesterday. They did really, really good. You don't have to get up early. You don't have to come out here early. Let the sun come up. Let it warm up a little bit so you're not cold. And, um, you know, when this water starts to fall, uh, water was on the docks yesterday morning. It's not It's not that high this morning. But, um, you know, let it warm up a little bit. And, you know, there's no reason to get out here, you know, at, at, in the dark and trying to get out there. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's crazy. You let it let the sun come up and, you know, then come on down and, you know, go fishing. And we got plenty of bait, so. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a really good trout bite yesterday. I saw a lot of limits come in. Um, it was you know it was just a good good day. Uh, later in the morning, not early in the morning, it was later in the morning. So, uh, like I said, it ran through midday. Uh, a lot of shrimp seemed to be what they were what they were after yesterday. Um, as far as the duck hunters go, this front did push in some ducks. Um, I was fishing Monday. I fished with Jimmy Carley Monday. We didn't see a duck in the marsh. Yesterday, there were ducks all over. So um, hopefully the uh, youth hunters that get to hunt today will get to pull the trigger. Um, and I think we've got another front coming uh, later in the week here. I think we've got another front coming, and that should push some more birds down. So uh, I think big duck season opens next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think you're going to have some birds down here to, to you know, shoot. So. Uh, hopefully it's better than it was last year, you know, but with that yeah, said, last year was one of the worst um, years we've ever had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think due to the, you know, the high rivers and these guys couldn't plan along these rivers like they usually do. I think we're going to get some birds. I think these birds are going to come down and, and come visit us this year. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, hopefully what I'm thinking works out, you know, but, uh, that's what I, I think is going to happen. So, um, yeah. well, like I said, yesterday there were great ducks flying for. everywhere. That's good news. Yep. Robbie, yes, getting was, back to yep, the uh, fish in, in the uh, the fish in the Mystigo, you're fishing them with live shrimp. Are they fishing them with a sliding cork down deep? Are they fishing them shallow or on the bottom? Nope. How are they nope. fishing they, those shrimp? They're fishing them about three foot deep, and they fishing them about, uh, they were fishing them on the south side of the channel yesterday, or the north and the south side, but they're fishing them not right up against the bank. They were off of the bank probably 30, 40 yards. And, uh, and I'm telling you, Don, I saw some of the prettiest trout. I saw, man, I, I don't know where they come from. Everybody's talking about the shorter the trout. Well, it wasn't the shorter the trout yesterday. Everybody <laughs> went up there and did really well yesterday. So, you know, up and down, it's supposed to go on the other side of the dam, um, behind Half Moon. I mean, Lake Barn was out yesterday. Couldn't get in Lake Barn. So, you know, uh, but everybody that fished down here yesterday did pretty good. So, um, you know, with, with, and the same said, as the day went on, the winds calm, you know, got, you know, kind of receded and it was just a good day. I mean, everybody did good. And I, and I think today, hopefully today will do the same thing. Now the winds got, it's North, Northeast this morning here. Uh, I think we're going to have a wind shift maybe tomorrow. Maybe it's going to go to Northwest maybe, or it's going, I think it's going to go Northwest. It might be going Northeast. I don't know. But if it goes Northeast, we're still going to have North winds regardless. And the only place you're going to find some good clean water is in this Mr. Go. I mean, you know, and it's and it's and it's been holding a lot of fish in it. So, you know, um, be courteous to the next guy that's out there fishing and come wet a line, take a left at that bridge, come on down and see us. We'll be waiting on you. All right, good news. Thanks, Robbie. We appreciate the report, my friend. We'll see you next week. All right, buddy. All right, talk to you later, Don. Bye bye. All right.
right, boy, that's good news. Got some ducks and got some trout. Head to Shell Beach. That seems to be the place. All right, we got some text messages coming in on uh, favorite gumbo selections. It's kind of gumbo weather we've been having this week. Tell me what your favorite is, or if you got a comment or a question, we welcome it at 87870. Also, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about, you know, this place where I'm broadcasting from is called St. Hubert's Cathedral. I'll tell you why. His feast day happens to be tomorrow. We'll be back right after this. You know, every year about this time, uh, I I tell the story of the patron saint of hunters. Uh, St. Hubert is his name, and I named my broadcast studio in honor of St. Hubert, who is the patron saint of hunters. Uh, Several years ago, I I wondered about the blooding ritual that we go through. It's kind of a tradition when a young person or a first-time hunter uh, kills their first deer. They kind of grab the blood from the animal when they're cleaning it and smear it all over their face. And, you know, it's kind of a a fun thing to do. And I wondered, how did all that get started? Well, my research took me back to the first century. In 638 A.D., uh, St. Hubert was born uh, in France, and uh, he was a hunter, and he was pretty much a a bad actor, I guess you'd call him. And one day when the dogs had bait up a stag and he went to go in and kill it, a crucifix appeared in the stag's horns, and uh, he, he heard a voice tell him to change his ways and uh, change his life and help people. <clears throat> and he took the hint. He fell to his knees, and he actually ended up becoming a, a bishop, and he worked some miracles. He was known to cure people from rabies. And because of his uh, passion for hunting, uh, he became the patron saint of hunters. And further research showed me that uh, the, the, the ritual of blooding, the blooding ritual, goes back to that time, and when a hunter would kill his deer, they would take the tip of the arrow or the spear, dip it in the animal's blood, and then paint the sign of the cross on the face of the hunter to honor both the animal that gave its life so that people can live and also to celebrate the success of the hunter. Pretty neat. Well, it even goes further. And all this is in a story I wrote that was published in Louisiana Sportsman Magazine and other publications a while back. It is available on my website. If you go to my website, dontheoutdoorsguy.com, it's entitled The Blooding Right, Why We Do It. It's the story of St. Hubert, and uh, you can check it out and read the story there. And uh, on every bottle of Jägermeister, which is a German liqueur, uh, there is a picture of that stag with the crucifix and his antlers. And a lot of people have no idea why that would be on there, but that's what it all goes back to, and that's what it's all about. And so what I did was I wrote a, a special prayer on behalf of hunters to St. Hubert. I had wildlife artist Randy Caminita uh, do a, a, a depiction of St. Hubert, and we put it together on a print, and it's available for framing, and there's a lot of them around hunting camps. It makes a great Christmas gift. Uh, it's really appreciated by all hunters. And you can get them on my website. And, and right now we, we've got a special we run on. Go to my site, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, and look down there in the right-hand corner, and you'll see that portrait in the prayer to St. Hubert. And if you need to get a unique Christmas present for a hunter on your list, uh, I strongly suggest that. All right, some other things going on today. I'm going to be judging, well, this is tomorrow, actually, in Old Town Slidell. Uh, they're having a block party, a warrior wing cook-off. This benefits uh, servicemen and their families, and they give away first-place trophies and cash prizes. I've been judging this for a few years, and i got to tell you, there's some pretty good chicken wings. You wouldn't think there'd be a lot to them, but uh, they do a lot of creative variations on them. It's going to be in Old Town Slidell from 11 to 3, and there's several teams that will be out there. Come on out and join me in, in judging. They have a, a People's Choice Award. It's called the Warrior 
wing cook-off, 11 till 3 o'clock in Slidell. All right, we're talking gumbo here. Uh, my friend Rick just texted me. He's getting on a plane. He's going deer hunting and turkey hunting up in Pennsylvania. He says duck gumbo is his favorite. Uh, and, again, I've, I've got that Vienna sausage, and I was wondering if that was a joke. And they said, no, it's uh, really good. Try it. So I'll have to do that. Uh, here's one that says, good morning, Don. My wife makes a killer turkey and andouille sausage gumbo. Now, i got to tell you, my favorite was duck, oyster, and andouille. But this week we did a cooking feature with Chef John Foltz. He does a death by gumbo, which is a deboned rice, oyster, and uh, what else did we put in there? Uh, oh, it's um, andouille, stuffing into a quail, and then puts the quail into the gumbo, and you actually split the, the quail, open the breast, and you pour the gumbo in. What? <laughs> and he's pretty much right. It's to die for. That's why it's called death by gumbo. We also did a venison Venus schnitzel. These recipes, if you tune into our, our weekly 30-minute show, Bayou Wild TV, uh, you can catch those recipes. They'll be coming up. All right, uh, so yeah, somebody said that they're serious about the Vienna sausage gumbo. Here's one, okra. Yeah, okra is good in some gumbos, but I don't know if that's my favorite uh, main ingredient. Uh, let's see. We have another vote for the duck and andouille. It seems to be a popular one. Chicken and sausage. Yep, let us know. 870-870. You can text us, and uh, we're, looking, we're talking about gumbo weather. That's what we've been having lately. I also had a text message in from uh, Justin over in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. Uh, for those of you wondering about that, Gentilly Wildlife Refuge is a section of uh, the city of New Orleans called Gentilly. It's kind of on the eastern edge of the city, not in New Orleans east, far out, but on the way there. And Justin uh, notices all the different wildlife. He kind of keeps an eye on it for us. Uh, he was watching Bayou Wild TV this morning. He found out who that last person you think would be fishing with me was and uh, if you haven't heard yet or seen it it is big frida and we had a time you got to watch that show it's the current show that's on this week fishing with deadly dudley vandenbar sheba turk wwl tv anchor and big frida it's pretty exciting all right we come back after this uh more fishing reports more of your text messages also heard from my buddy chris spurzas outdoor writer hey chris glad you're up and listening this morning all right we'll be back with more this is the outdoors with don dubuque radio network all right it's a move your clock back kind of weekend tonight move your clock back one hour easiest way to remember that always fall back and spring forward so move it back and uh, it'll be starting to get light a little earlier but it'll also be getting dark a little earlier don't want to mess up your plans be sure and move that clock. All right, on my website, I was talking about all the information you can find out about uh, St. Hubert. Uh, we also have a new radio photo up. I was at the Louisiana CCA Star Tournament uh, Awards Banquet a couple of weeks ago, and I was introduced to a young lady. Uh, she's a listener, Taylor Hancock, and she was there to collect her 14-foot flatboat with a 15-horsepower outboard in a trailer. She won the Louisiana CCA Star Youth East Division for the Speckled Trout Flounder category, and she was there picking it up. And she told me she's going to take me fishing, so I'm going to hold her to it. Check out her pictures. She's a sweet little girl and, uh, what I'm told, a pretty good fisherman. Congratulations to Taylor Hancock. And while you're there, check out our opinion poll we put up each month. We compare your views with those of our listeners. Uh, we're asking you this. If a coyote shows up while you're deer hunting, you're on your stand before you've seen a deer, do you shoot it or not shoot it? Don't answer too quick. Look at the bottom of the picture of the coyote and read that article. And you may be surprised to find out what some research shows about 
coyotes. Interesting creatures. And you can check that out. All that's at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Very interesting video we've got up right now, too, about asking this big question, where are the ducks the real answers? Check that out. All right, right after this quick station identification pause, I'm going to get back to some of these gumbo uh, text messages that are coming in. We'll do it. You can text yours at 87870. We're back after our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're hearing from our friend the Lafayette Yacker. He says, good morning, no outdoor activities this weekend. Need a good recipient for frozen soft-shell crabs? You mean a re- are you the recipient or are you looking to give some away? You better get that straight, Yacker. Uh, gumbo and soft-shells, eat your heart out. Yeah, that would be a good combination. All right, and we have this one saying chicken and sausage using the Louisiana fish fry gumbo base. Can't go wrong. You know, some of those gumbo bases, especially the one from Louisiana Fish Fry, uh, they spend a lot of time perfecting that and getting it right. So a lot of those mixes, uh, particularly the barbecue shrimp mix, too, you would be amazed. You know, a lot of people take pride in making things from scratch. But let me tell you, uh, if you start off with their bases and then you go from there and put your favorite seasonings and ingredients in it, you will be amazed at how good those can be. All right, here's one. Kevin is at the camp on Bird Island, Shoot Lake Fossey Point. Uh, best gumbo is chicken and sausage with the chicken gizzards. And then we have another vote for the, the turkey and andouille sausage. And here's my friend Raynell. Raynell says her favorite gumbo is chicken andouille filet gumbo. And, again, those chicken gizzards in when you throw the andouille in the pot. It's delicious. Try it. Uh, I think I will. And I tell you, I don't know if I'll live long enough to try all the different gumbos there. Here's a, here's a unique one. Spinach gumbo with chicken and sausage. And here's one that says, um, oh, it's the Vienna sausage gumbo. It's really chicken and andouille, but Vienna sausage goes in it. Uh, Grandmother started it, and it's been a family tradition ever since I was a kid. Good. Keep it going. Pass it along. Here's one, Perry from Galliano. If I want to try a great gumbo, try marsh hen gumbo. A marsh hen, a.k.a. a rail. Yeah, rail's a tasty little critters. Uh, Unlike ducks, which have a... uh, a, 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 not a gamey, but a, a robust dark meat flavor. Those marsh hens are pretty light and uh, very delicate flavor. Nice gumbo addition. Thanks for that one. All right, well, uh, let's see. I got one more. It may not be your favorite, but okra is a must. The word gumbo means okra in one of the African dialects. It's from where the dish is named. Without it, you just have a stew. Uh, my my uh, liking of okra, is, I like okra in a seafood gumbo, but for some reason in a in a wild game, uh, I'm not crazy about it in there. But, hey, to each his own. All right, uh, then we come back after this. We're going to take a little trip out west and head down to the Calcasieu area. Check in with Kirk Stansel. He's down there at Hackberry Rod and Gun. They do both duck hunting and fishing. Might be doing one or the other or both this morning if they got any utes out there. It is youth duck hunting season in Louisiana. We're back right after this timeout. And Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Rod and Gun, keeps us up to date on what's going on over in the Big Lake area. He joins us now by way of the Hackberry Rod and Gun. Kirk, good morning. Uh, we're talking gumbo morning, this morning. Uh, you guys do a little gumbo out there, don't you? Well, yeah, of course. It's Louisiana, isn't it? We're still in Louisiana <laughs> over this side, Don. <laughs> exactly. What's your favorite gumbo out there at the Hackberry Rod and Gun dining facility? My favorite is... Uh, I like the chicken and sausage the best. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not crazy about seafood gumbo as compared to, uh, now I like it, but I'd rather chicken and sausage. That's my favorite. Yeah, I got you. 
Well, Kirk, are y'all you got some youths duck hunting this morning, or y'all fishing? What's going on we, this morning? We do. We have fishermen going out. We have uh, youth duck hunters going out. And, I mean, the, and let me tell you, the ducks just showed up day before yesterday. We, I mean, we had no ducks, Don. And then this, uh, this big front that just came through just filled the marsh up. I mean, it, they showed up in force. There's a lot, a lot of ducks, you know, mostly gray ducks, you know, a few widgeons, and, uh, and still a lot of blue-winged teal that came in with this. So, well, boy, it was right it, on time. That's some good news. It was right on time. I was getting a little concerned. But, you know, they were kind of trickling, you know, seeing some here and there. But, I mean, not nothing like we're used to seeing. But they showed up for sure. This big front pushed them in. Yeah. Well, just like Robbie was saying earlier, he got a big influx on the east side of the state over there in Biloxi Marsh. Uh, and because they did not get their agricultural fields prepared uh, up the flyway in time, they got a lot of flooding. That there's, there's not a whole lot of food up that way. So that could mean good news for us. And it looks like it's starting yeah, to show let's up. And that's, you know, that's really good. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, let's just hope things happen this year. I know, for, you know, we had a good season last year, Don. Of course, you know, you came over and hunted with us. Yeah. But most people. Best it, hunt we had. It was poor. And uh, we, we need things to pick up for this year. No doubt. So where are the fishermen going? What are they going to do? Oh, man, everything's happening over here, Don. It's, uh, I mean, there's plenty of trout. I mean, from all the way from Lake Charles down to the bottom part of the lake, uh, West Cove. I mean, Birds are working. Fish are schooled up there on reefs. Uh, you know, throwing you throw soft plastics and catch them, or uh, live shrimp. Uh, a lot of folks are throwing live shrimp to catch them. You'll catch more quicker on a live bait, but uh, the, the artificial bite's real good. Uh, I've been That's throwing good. a quarter ounce with the little John. Been my favorite bait. Uh, and it, that, the color really hasn't mattered. And uh, the red fish are doing better but not like we should be catching redfish, and the flounder runs on. We're catching a lot of flounder along the ship channel from Hackberry all the way down to the jetties. Well, Kirk, you got gumbo, you got ducks, you got trout, you got redfish. You're in paradise, man. What else do you Oh, need? we are. We're, you better believe it. It's, I mean, everything's happening. It, it, life's good here. Yes, indeed. Well, if somebody, wants to, if somebody wants to get in on all of that, uh, how y'all fix for openings for the – First split of duck season, which is getting ready to open up. Oh, we have some openings. Uh, the first week, we're pretty booked. But after that, uh, we'll, we'll uh, have quite a few openings. Uh, if somebody wants to give us a call, uh, we have a toll-free number. It's 888-762-3391. Uh, go to our website. It's hackberryrodandgun.com. You have to spell out in. And uh, a lot of information on that website. Of course, we have those live webcams. People can see what's happening. All right. Well, we'll be looking for your duck report, and I uh, hope it's a good one for the kids. And then when the big guys get out there and this weather keeps up, we got another front, I think, coming. So could reload yeah. after this bunch. So it sounds good. It, uh, yeah, these kids are excited and ready to go. There'll be some pictures on the website after a while. Very good. We'll check them out. Thanks for the report, as uh, always, Kirk. We appreciate it, my friend. Okay, you bet, Don. Good talking to you. Have a great day. Yes, sir. All righty. Well, I guess I better make my reservation, huh? Before it gets booked up. All right, when we come back after this next time out, Daryl Carpenter joins us. Man, it was a blowing and a going down there in Grand Isle. Man, we were out at Gus's Tackle underneath that tent. Got a little breezy. Uh, I think the north, we, we clocked winds uh, 
near St. Hubert's Cathedral here at 73 miles an hour as that little tropical storm kind of snuck up on everybody. We're back with a report from Grand Isle after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And let's check in with Captain Darrell Carpenter, RealScreamers.com. He updates us on the Golden Medal, Leeville, Grand Isle areas. Captain Darrell, things settled down a little bit, or does this wind kick back up again this week after the front mm-hmm. came through? Oh, no, Don. This was this was the front we'd kind of been waiting on. We'd, we'd you know, for weeks now we've been talking about how we're flooded and everything else and how high the water's been. But this was the front that it had some teeth to it, and uh, it, it's pushed all the water out. In fact, uh, ahead of this front, when the tides picked up, we started seeing our first flocks of birds. Um, I do know that I, – I, I know that – it pushed all the water out. It got all those shrimp to move. And got an hour and a half, I filled every ice chest I had and with, with my little adventure there. Um, so the shrimp are finally starting to move. We're starting to see some of those fall flocks of birds. It, on low tide, now you've actually got banks instead of flooded marsh. So it's it's really going to kick into that fall, wintertime pattern to where you ought to be able to start working now points and canals uh, intersections and canals, you know, especially on that falling tide, because those last of those shrimp are going to start coming out, and it's going to start congregating some of your trout and some of your redfish, and make those fish a whole lot easier to target, because it's going to. I mean, last few weeks, every time we went, you know, we we found some redfish that were active. We thought at first we thought we were looking at neutral rats because of the way they were running through the marsh grass. It was so flooded, um, and finally this has brought them out and. and They've got no choice now because we've got banks. So this ought to start a, a really good late fall bite moving into the wintertime to where you're going to start working more, you know, forget about marsh and start looking for current points and stuff that's draining that marsh. Uh, is it worth making a trip out in front of the island with this north wind? Probably going to get a little bit of lee water conditions there. Are there trout on the front of the beach, or is it now you need to stay back up in those bays and fish those points and islands? If you're if you're going to look for numbers, you know I, w- I would say probably the back is going to be your better choice. But on those days when it really comes down, it hasn't cooled off a lot yet. Especially on that incoming tide, we're still getting some good warm water coming up out of the Gulf. Um, typically, typically we keep speckled trout on the beach until at least Thanksgiving, until about the end of November. And then once that happens, if you've got the really cool, you know, the cool evenings, the cool mornings with the, with the north wind where it's calm enough, then the white trout start moving in. So if you want some of those big two, three-pound white trout, especially at, the, at those close-in rigs right off the beach. But if, if it specks, the, the big girls typically hang out. I mean, we have somewhat of a population that hangs out usually until late November when it starts really getting cold. Then they kind of disappear on us. And I'm going to tell you, Don, this ought to trigger that side of the road action. I mean, uh, I know they've been, I mean, those redfish have been on the side of the road really, really heavy, but everybody's been wondering where's the trout, where's the trout. Well, this ought to start it because it pushed the water levels down. It ain't going to be long and that water's going to start cooling off, so you ought to start seeing a lot of those trout on the side of the road. Yeah, I hope the kayakers are paying attention to that, and also the bank fishermen, too. Daryl, uh, in your estimate, you've been down there for a while, even before you were guiding, you fished Grand Isle, and this is for future reference because I know this trout 
change in regulations are going to come up. And Well, it doesn't look like it's going to be at this commission meeting because I saw the agenda and I did not see it on there, so possibly December or January. How do you rate this season for Grand Isle as compared to others for speckled trout? Uh, I, what I see is a rebound. Uh, we, we've had some tough years. Uh, behind that, you know, we've, we've had, what, several years of high flood. We've had several years. We had the major freeze, what, two years ago. And we were starting to see a little bit of an issue. I mean, you, we weren't catching the numbers of fish that we had caught in years. But this year I saw more small fish than I believe I've ever seen. It's, it's obvious to me that we're in the middle of a rebound. Uh, the problem you have around Grand Isle, of course, is, you know, a lot of times you're coming into the time of the year where those fish are moving north into that marsh. And you and I both know what happens around Grand Isle when you start moving north into that marsh. You know, then then you got to start wearing camouflage and hide. Um, <laughs> I, I, and, and, I mean, you had Jason on the, you had Jason on, on your show a couple of weeks ago, Jason Ages of Wildlife and Fisheries, and they'll tell you they don't even survey up there. You know, so yeah. I I don't think it's as dire as people say it is. Uh, I think we've had some ecological things that have taken effect, and we're starting to lose a lot of that lower marsh. I, I think we're going to look for another. If, if we can stay away from any major freezes or either any major ecological events over the next two to three years, I think you're looking at one heck of a rebound on speckled trout. And, of course, redfish uh, has really been a savior for other areas. Your area really didn't experience the problem with a lot of freshwater displacing speckled trout, but other areas did. But, boy, the redfish population is, is as strong as I've ever seen it. It seemed like the redfish population actually went to those areas because, if anything, we had a problem with redfish all year long, all, all you know, the later part of the summer. Our, our redfish just did not follow their normal pattern. And, and in fact, it seemed like most of them stayed offshore. Uh, just a week or two ago, you're still seeing videos and, and and pictures of these massive schools of redfish offshore, and people are still catching them like crazy. And you know, in the past, like like Bell Pass and all, they're still those fish still seem to be orienting to the offshore action instead of coming in. But this weather ought to ought to bring them in. Daryl, I know you don't personally do it any longer, but offshore, what are you hearing from any? Is there been anybody getting out with these weather conditions we've had? Uh, some of the bigger boats have done, and, but I can tell you what, what I've seen, you know, is, uh, I, I haven't got any personal reports, but what I've seen is apparently we still got some grass hanging out because I'm still seeing some dolphin come in. Uh, I know there's been some cobia closer in, but the tuna bite has been really consistent. Uh, that now there, it seemed like the shrimp boat season was a really short season this year. And they've moved back out to the deep water stuff and to the to the deep open water, the grass mats, any trash, the the, the float ships, that type of stuff. But it's been a pretty consistent tuna bite here the last what two weeks when you can get out. And of course, and a lot of times you got to have that bigger boat to get out there. Um, now, real soon, you know, people ought to be sharpening their hooks and, and getting their tackle straight because it's not going to be but about three weeks to a month, and, and that wahoo bite ought to start going crazy. And that's what everybody looks for come offshore this time of the year. They look for that wahoo bite, uh, of course, deep dropping for groupers and that type of stuff. But, yeah, tuna's been good. Wahoo's coming. Sounds good. Dow, somebody wants to get a hold of you, tell them all the ways to get a hold of realscreamers.com. Well, they can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. 
Uh, we do the Facebook thing under the same name, Real Screamers Guide Service, uh, realscreamers.com or 225-937-6288. Favorite gumbo, Daryl. What's yours? Oh, I ate it last night. Seafood, seafood like, unlike you, I like crabs and, and a little tomato in mine. There you go. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> Get you a bowl, and we'll one. see you next time, buddy. You too. Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. All right, coming up uh, next hour, we got more fishing reports. Brendan Bayard's got a paddler's report for you kayakers. Mike Gallo's got a report over there on the eastern end of Pontchartrain, Lake Catherine area. Ryan Lambert down to the tip of the boot by uh, Plaquemine. See if he's got some uh, ute duck hunters down there. It's opening day. And I've got a lot of text messages. Tell us, what is your favorite ingredient in a gumbo 870-870. We're back with that and a whole lot more after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 